Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. I do hope that everyone didn't hear your statement just before we press the live button, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, we weren't live. I was watching. <laughs> well, i tell you what, um, listen, we went to an old stadium, an old stadium, uh, I didn't go, uh, in Turf Moor. Uh, it's a difficult stadium. Uh, for everyone to fit into. Um, some people even struggle on turnstiles, don't they, Trev? That, I'm going to batter that, Mark Millen. I'm absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I a turnstile. The turnstile jammed. I'm going to kill him when I see him. I'm going to absolutely... <laughs> I warned him. For anybody, I warned on, him. for anybody on audio, get yourself over to the first minute... <laughs> Of um of the on the uh on the YouTube channel and you you'll really enjoy it. Listen, yeah. um, go on, Trev. How are you? Things happen for a reason, don't they? You know what I mean. I've I've had a. I'm not going to bore people, but I've had an hospital appointment this afternoon and been told I better put a bit too much weight on, so I need to lose a bit. So after we get back from Porto, I'm having, I'm on a one pint a week, man, man. Not two pints, one pint a week, man. Um, I need to lose a bit of weight, but yeah, it was. Uh, I'm still recovering from Burnley. I'm I I was in a right mess. We, we we had a few beers before the game, and then during the game, I got a message on my phone from Alex, and it said, "Yes, it's in." And I thought, "What is he talking about?" And I couldn't get enough of a signal to look and and I, I, add a bit of context to that because we don't preview do. on Friday night. Uh, on Friday night, it's in. Not heard that for a while. We chose our um, we chose our, our, our choices of wins and draws, didn't we? On the on the previous show on Friday night, and I thought, well, it's the first one we've done. I'm going to have a little acker, so I had a five team acker for a fiver. And uh, when I came out of the ground after we'd beaten Burnley comfortably, I had a look when I got a signal win. We'd won eight hundred and fifteen quid, so we done a quick. I heard we all. there, lads. Did you hear we? I heard we. I heard I we, heard yeah. We. yeah. I said we did a quick U-turn from going towards the train station and headed back into the pub. I got absolutely wrecked. Uh, I had to get a taxi out back to my mother-in-law's from Burnley, which cost me 50-odd quid. But I don't care. I'm knackered now, but I really, really don't care. You, you, you rang me by that. You, you, you went to the pub via the cash machine to convert to euros to bring to Porto. That's what I heard then. Yeah, Do you know what, boy? You're all out of luck because the missus got to hear about it, so she's had a bit. The grandkids got to hear about it, so she's had a bit. So I'm back on the overdraft again. So sorry, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, you rang me twice and pocket dialed me twice, which was quite funny. Um, yeah, it, it's good. We, look, listen, we'll go into Porto. We'll go post. Uh, we'll go into the Burnley game. We'll do post Burnley game. We'll look at Porto coming up. We're all a little bit excited. Uh, D mob happy. Work computers off. Um, work clothes are still on at the minute, but uh, tomorrow we, we we all fly out, or most of us fly out to 
to Porto, um, which we will talk about. Sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to say just, we all. Just a little uh, bit jealous. A bit like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's just a bit like Trevor saying we won £815. It, it's the same we, okay? Just yeah. to take that. I've been there in spirit. Um, look, remember uh, the fallout of Marcel's FA Cup exit uh, at, um, to Liverpool? Uh, it's only six matches ago. People were talking about uh, unless Mikel sides uh, sign a proven goal scorer, um, we're in trouble. Uh, one didn't arrive in the transfer window, and we've scored 21 goals in five games. Martin Odegaard conducted another impressive away performance for Arsenal and made it five successive Premier League wins in some style. Uh, their captain, uh, Bakayo Saka, Trossard, all scored. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It didn't come out right. It got stuck. It always gets stuck. I'm okay when I sing the song. Bukaya. Well, what I, yeah, don't, don't you know start. What it was, you know. you know what it was. He saw that comment from Donna and he thought he lost his way then. See what I mean? See, boys? She knew. Yeah, <laughs> we did, Donna. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the very much royal we. Um, yeah. So uh, let's look at the game. Um, the lineups. Let's look at the lineups, first of all. Um, Dale, I got to you first of all. Uh, what did you make of the lineup? And more importantly, look at that that bench. I never heard of Young Sweet. Uh, obviously, we got Ramsdale, Cedric. Um, who I can't even read the screen is that far away. Um, El Nene, Jorginho, Nelson, Smithrow, and Ketia. And is that Bandera? Yeah, that's yeah, close. I mean, Bandera. I mean, yeah, I think we touched on it Friday, didn't we? I mean, there was the, the question about would you rotate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I said I wasn't too fussed either way. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, hindsight, I think you always go your strongest 11 um, to start with. Um, and then the bench almost becomes irrelevant to an extent. You just, you've got what you've got, you've got what you need to see the game out. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I can't complain about the lineup at all, uh, is the long and short of it. Mm. Alex, what did you make of the lineup? And, and this young young lad called Sweet, uh, what position does he play? And I, I've never heard of the guy, honestly. I, did, I, I didn't know anything of him. Yeah, I think I would have been surprised if you had made any changes because the way we played against West Ham, um, I think everyone deserved to keep their place uh, in in a starting lineup. And I think apparently uh, Walters and Inwanieri was supposed to be with the first team squad, but they picked up some niggles in the warm up and uh, and got replaced by Bandera and Sweet and. I have to be honest, I don't know too much about Sweet, but luckily we've got some people in the chat who've seen him play before and apparently he's a right back. So now we know that. Mm, it's good. Listen, it's, it's good to get experience, but we did say, Dan, about the, the, the strength and depth in the squad. You know, we are a little bit uh, threadbare in, in the squad. The lineup was Rea, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Kivior played at uh, left back again. Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and Trossard. I think that's three games running that we haven't changed the lineup, Dan. I don't know, mate, but have you got Bandera right and got Saka wrong? Honestly, I can't believe it. I, don't, I know. Fair play. <laughs> it's just the wrong way around, mate. Isn't it? I just yeah, it have, have a word for yourself. Come on. Um, I was quite happy with the lineup, but look, when you win, when you win six 0 when you win five 0 and with all those players to come back and all those people moaning, as you said, six games ago, they're not the people around here. They're not on this podcast, and they're not the fan base that watches this podcast. So never mind. Clear. Clear uh, Trev, uh, we didn't have our contract with TNT or Sky, uh, so you're off duty on this one. So you're up the back of the stands. Uh, they didn't need Father Christmas down the front to be, you know, uh, uh, pictured like this amongst the Arsenal. Um, so you're off duty. What did you make of the lineups and and how? Uh, what were your anticipation going into the game? Because you know, 
Burnley have struggled. They've scored 13 goals uh, so far this season, five of those against Sheffield United. They've won only one game at home. You, you weren't expecting anything but uh, a, a really good victory. I know we went easy on our predictions uh, on the uh, prediction show, but it wasn't a surprise, was it? No, look, look, Ferg, it's, um, if, you were, if, if, if any fan was going to Burnley or waiting for the Burnley game without an expectation of us winning, I don't think you'll ever expect us to win. We've been in fine form, fine form, scoring, go- scoring goals for fun, which I looked back at our podcast today, it's about Christmas time, and, and, and it was the general consensus was that we were playing really well, but we just weren't scoring the goals, right? And we're still playing well, and now we're scoring the goals, and now I don't know if we need a striker or not. You know, it's a funny old game. I went into the game expecting a win, and it was one of those days where, after about two minutes again, I thought, "Yeah, we ain't going to lose. We won't lose this. We we just looked superlative finding time on the ball in snotty weather, horrible, windy, rainy weather, but we were just purring as we have been recently. I was I was very happy with the performance there. Mm. Um, it was uh, four. Uh, it was one nil after four minutes. Alex uh, Martin Odegaard, uh, Norwegian. I know you're Danish, but um, our captain, a beautiful strike. How he took that ball and how he, you know, I thought it was a really well taken goal. And to be honest, over the last few games, I don't know what's happened. Like we know he's, we know his class, and he was class last season. But this season, he just didn't seem to be. It just didn't seem to be purring as well as he is now. He's just like just fine-tuned to absolute perfection at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, I think um, Craig Bellamy, who was, who was the, the manager on the touchline, I think he must have talked to the players and said, like, the most important thing is keep the, the score level for the first 20 minutes and then we go from there. So to concede within the first five minutes was the, the worst scenario possible for Burnley. Um, but, yeah, what a beautiful goal by by Odegaard. And he's he's really up this levels. Um I think he he didn't really live up to his goals and assists uh, certainly um, in the beginning of the season, and I don't know if it's because of he had to deal with the national team as well. They they went through a difficult spell, Norway, where he captained the side, and they didn't qualify for the Euros. So I don't know if his confidence took a bit of a knock playing for for Norway, um, but he certainly found his his mojo now, and and he's providing the goals and the assists as well, um, and starting to look like the player we saw last season with the amount of, of goal involvement he, he had last season. It, it was a brilliant goal, uh, well well taken. Dan, do you think it's the way we've moved Havertz around is that more uh, man up top? I know every player seems on the pitch to move around in positions and that it's quite fluid, but the way Havertz went up against Liverpool in that man up top and he'd done it again against West Ham and again at Burnley, does that, does that, um, does that help Odegaard in getting back to his his best his best form. No, I don't think so. I think it's just a bit of confidence has come back. The trip to Dubai, a bit of sun, a bit of a feel good factor back in back in the players. And and when you start having people finish goals, confidence comes back. You know, and 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 it gives him more confidence to take a little pot shot on the edge of the box like he did against Burnley. He, he was mm. scoring goals like that for fun last year, but. The thing that hasn't dropped off with him, he's, he's still just as creative as he was last year. He's just not had people finishing his chances. So I think I've seen some stats where he's had like the highest amount of chances created in the league, um, even still this, this year, I think it is. Um, yeah, when you've got people finishing and putting the ball in the net, picks, it, picks everyone up. 
Yeah, um, Dan, uh, Dale, uh, honestly, your name really confuses me because you're Dale on, on Twitter, you're Dale to us down the pub, and then I've got you in my phone, I think, as a Dan as well. So I might just have to call you D from now on. It might make it easier for me. You know how difficult I struggle with more than one you or two letters. I was like the D. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> um, so, uh, what the hell did you mean by that comment? <laughs> this is going to be a tough one today, isn't it? Man. This is a PG show. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, well, no. uh, <laughs> um, you totally, absolutely thrown me. <laughs> well, uh, 40 minutes in, Trossard gets taken down in the box, and uh, Saka uh, steps up to take a penalty. Uh, he converted from the spot to take uh, to double the lead um, after that foul by, is it Asignon on Trossard? Um, the keeper nearly nearly got his hand to it. He did He did get his, uh, he went the right way and everything else. But another well-taken penalty by, by Trossard. Uh, penalty by Trossard? By Saka. It did stand. You're on one time, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but let's just remember he's not world class, right? He's not world class at all. But uh, I think that took it to was it seven, uh, six in seven, um, with a few assists in there as well. So, um, I'm quite confident when Saka steps up on it over the ball. Um, I think he learned a lot from that guy, that penalty he missed for England. Um, and it doesn't concern me in the slightest. And I've seen talk saying, yeah, the keeper should have got there, the keeper almost got there, but he didn't, but he didn't, which means no. Saka did exactly what he was supposed to do. So, yeah, I think it was uh, the right thing to do. At, th at first, I thought um, Odegaard was going to take the penalty. It looked as if they were shaping up for that. But then um, Saka kind of took the ball and, and they they stuck with the uh, what they do best. And, um, yeah, I think that says a lot because it looked like Odegaard wanted to take the penalty. It looked like he was going to and then uh, kind of get the ball to Saka. Whether that was mind games or not, I don't know. But, um, yeah, all credit to Saka for putting it where it's, where it's supposed to be. Yeah, you want to see the private chat that's going on here. It's absolutely un unreal. And just behave yourselves, lads, right? I'm, I'm struggling with, anyway, at the best of times without you guys at it. Uh, um, Trevor, one thing that really annoyed me um, is Saka got awarded, uh, given, not awarded, uh, get uh, penalised with a yellow card for kicking the ball away. How many times have we seen this happen? We had it with Tommy Asu against Palace at the beginning of the season for taking too long for... Um, it's just the inconsistencies. He was taking too long for a throw-in. The inconsistencies with these yellow cards that are are being um, uh, given out, and I, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, we, we did have one. Was it? I think it might have been Party. One of those uh, rare appearances he got done for kicking the ball away in one of the first games of the season. But before that, it was Robin van Persie in in um, Barcelona, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what, Ferg? I'm going to have to hold my hands up here, mate. I. Didn't see Saka get booked for kicking the ball away. I genuinely didn't, mate. It must, you know, I must have been doing something else at the set of them in that time. And I've watched the game back as well, and I still didn't know he got booked. So if he did, I, don't, I can't comment because I don't know. But I've just seen a comment here, right? Look, look here we go. Tamina, welcome to watching the show. Nice to have you along with us for the first time. Well, please uh, like us on YouTube if you think we're any good, Tamina. And thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so I, I can't really comment. You've asked me a duffin there, Ferg, because um, I didn't see Alex, it. But, do you know what? Did you, Wait, yeah. I really, you know what I think we should do, right? Because Fergus is falling apart. Maybe you should just play. I'm, all, I'm, I'm getting it back. Fergus. I'm getting it back. Are you sure? So I'll just say, play yeah. the starting music and let's go again. Let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> let's go over again. 
I think I think the incidents uh, the incident with Saka I think probably he was frustrated because he went shoulder to shoulder um with with the Burnley player in the box and it was never a foul and and the referee awarded a foul for the Burnley player so I don't know if Saka just had a shot because he thought maybe VA if he scored maybe VAR could award the goal but it yeah I think he was just frustrated with um with the foul being given against the uh, him for uh, when it was just a shoulder to shoulder <clears throat> Yeah, and straight after the second half, then Dan um, Saka, I'm not going to even attempt the first time again today. Um, Saka gets his second, and he becomes. I think what we've got a graphic on here. He's not world class at all, is he? Um, he has scored um, the most league goals in 2024. He scored. Uh, well, Arsenal have scored uh, 21 in five, but Saka himself individually has scored more goals than the other player as well, Dan. Yeah, and a good finish as well. We've seen him do that um, a few times on his on his wrong peg as such as well. I think the one against Leeds stands out for me, and I think he did it another time as well. But he's got that finish in him on his on his other leg. Um, I think the thing that for me is underrated in that goal is the pass from Erdegaard. You know, he, mm. he, the weight of the ball is fantastic, and he allows just Saka to be able to either fake on his left or go on his right, and and yeah, it's it's. It, a team goal, but yeah, the finish is fantastic. Although um, I didn't actually see it in the stadium at the time because some jobs worth steward was trying to nip me flag, but I have watched it back since. So I think you got it. Yeah. So you told them it's my it's my flag and you're not having it. <laughs> yeah, but never mind. I think I don't I don't even know what goal that was at that point. I, I'm a bit like Trevor earlier when he said about the ball being kicked away. I did not see that. I must have been jumping up and facing the wrong way at that point. It, you know, you know what it is. It, it's the it's the, the experience we said before about being at a game and seeing a game. You see almost a different game completely. Uh, Trevor, um, Dan made a really good pass by Odegaard as well. And also, uh, we we mentioned you said about uh, podcasts around Christmas or so on. We were talking about Martinelli and Saka. You know, maybe they got found out. People are doubling up on them. People know what they're going to do. Are they getting a little bit more predictable? It was mentioned on Match of the Day as well about. The pass and also Ode, uh, Saka taking it on his uh, on his left or right foot, taking it on his opposite foot to to what he normally would would take it on. Um, and you know, it, it's good that he's getting that into his game, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Is I mean, it's worth saying about the Odegaard goal as well, mate. That um, it was the typical Odegaard goal that he was scoring last season and. At the very start of this season, he just finds that yard on the edge of the box and then slots it nicely home. He even had the uh, time to take a touch, didn't he, at the weekend. Cracking finish. Great goal to start the game off with. As for the lack of scoring over Christmas, Ferg, it wasn't just Saka and Martinelli, mate, was it? It was the whole lot of them. The whole no, lot exactly. of them. Sorry. You what, mate? I said, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the, the whole lot of them stopped scoring. And uh, I'm not going to go over it again. I went over it a few minutes ago. It's just they're all back banging them in for fun. They're all back banging them in for fun. I mean, I thought Martinelli was a little bit off at the weekend against Burnley, but it didn't matter because the other three or four are banging them in, banging the goals in for fun. So it was, it was, it was another great performance. It was, it's a performance that. We can't let drop now because I don't think we had the drop off over Christmas. I don't think we've we've got another drop off. If we have another drop off, then we're gone. We're done. We're finished. We don't. We're not going to get back into it again. We're right back hey, in. Um, it. Um, go on, go on, finish I up. Think, sorry. 
and oh, I've lost my track now, mate. Sorry. Do you know what it is? Right, I'm absolutely shattered. I'm too old for all these big weekends. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that if we stay as we are, if we play to the level we are now, I don't think we've got to improve to be really close to winning the league this season. I think we've got to maintain, I right? And we're right in it. If we drop off, we'll go. We're gone. But who's to say Liverpool won't drop off? Who's to say City won't drop off? You know, I've heard some rubbish today about Arsenal got to play really well to win it. Well, let me tell you, so have City and Liverpool. You know, there's three teams in it and uh, it could go any way. And I'm going to enjoy every minute of it, mate. Um, Del, that, that's quite interesting to say about, like, you know, um, if we drop off, because goal number four came from Trossard, who missed several attempts throughout the throughout the game. Uh, and we thought it was going to be one of those games from Havertz, uh, uh, took a shot, it, it got um, deflected and Trossard uh, scored. He's he's looking really, really on form. Is he just coming into form at just the right time for this run-in? We've got 13 games to go. Uh, we've got a possibility of, um, I think it's 94 points we can finish on and we, we'll discuss later about well, where we think how many points we win the league. But Trossard, he's just coming into, in, into perfect form at perfect time, isn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, before we even signed the guy, you probably remember me waxing lyrical about him then you as did. well. I was, I was saying for a long time, this guy is an Arsenal player. We need to sign. Him. That was like two windows before we actually signed him. Um, he's always been a top player, and and I don't mind when he misses the odd chance because you know when he gets another one, he's going to put it away. And at the minute, he doesn't look like he's going to miss. He really doesn't. I think what's important to kind of highlight as well at the minute is so you look at the league table. Just what five games ago, right? We weren't just. Uh, off the pace, we were massively behind in the goal difference as well. So to bring that back, yeah. we now that we've got the best goal difference in the league. Not only is it down to our scoring ability, so obviously we had a difference of about ten to make up. We've not only made that up, we've, we've exceeded that because don't forget, not just making it up, you've still got City and Liverpool playing their game to increase their tally as well. And they're not being shy in front of goal. Liverpool last week won three one. People are scoring goals, so I think it's credit to everybody. And Trev hit the nail on the head. Must have been five six weeks ago. The problem is we everyone just stopped scoring at exactly the same time. I still think we need a striker. I really do. But it makes it questions what could we do if we had that striker? I mean, we're winning 4 5 nil against teams that we should be winning 4 5 nil against. But if we can then take that into a big game, we've got some big games coming up, right? Chelsea coming up, Newcastle coming up. They're the sort of games I want to see us put five past one of them. That's that's the games I really want to see. It. So I've, I've just got to very, very quickly jump in there, if I can, is that it's fantastic that we've got a big focus on the amount of goals we're scoring, 21 goals in five games, but we've conceded two goals in that time as well. And that Correct. is also huge for just the momentum in the game, that you're not conceding an early goal, you're not going behind, you're not giving the teams a chance to close up and sit back behind the ball. And when we get ahead against a team, we absolutely open them up when they've got to come out against us. But the worst thing we can do is be giving away sloppy goals to let teams sit back. And at the minute, we've stopped doing that. Yeah, yeah I think it's very important as well to it's very important as well to look at uh, who we played. We played a very very poor Crystal Palace. We played an, an, an awful uh, West Ham, who who were at the time I think sixth or seventh in the league. Now they're now currently standing at ninth, but. They're a decent opposition, but we also played Burnley as well. But it doesn't matter. You, you could only play who's on front of you. And to have, over those three games, only two shots on target against you is just unreal. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I think, yeah, with Dan saying we've not conceded many goals, we haven't really conceded any chances, really. Um, mm. I think 
the the XG we've conceded over the last five games is 1.7. And uh, in an average Premier League match, a team concedes 1.6. So, it, I mean, in five ga games, that's incredible. And the amount of control we've had in, in those five games has been crazy. We, we haven't let teams get anything, get near anything. And we've been pretty much ruthless in, in front of goal. And I think <clears throat> with Trossard... I think it's going to be very difficult for Arteta to, to drop him instead of Jesus when he comes back. Because I think one of the things Trossard, where he's better than Jesus, is his finishing. I think uh, Trossard is one of the best finishers, um, along with Saka in, in our team. He's got an excellent uh, finish on him with both his left and right foot. Um, I know we missed a couple uh, in the last game, but he's an excellent finisher. And I think... It's just going to be difficult to drop him when Jesus comes back, but I guess it's a luxury problem. But Trev, there's also the the the, the pairing that you've got to a certain degree between Havertz and Trossard, because Havertz and, and Trossard came together um, for that fourth goal, and Havertz then gets the the fifth goal for following a long throw from Kivior. Now, the, another player that we've noticed and, and seen he's got a, he's got a bit of a run in in, in the game and. He, he's putting together some form and he was criticised, again, if you go back to Christmas, that, that trip to Dubai has just been massive for us, hasn't it? That 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 winter break, I don't know what, what Arteta did, but I hope he keeps doing it, mate. Yeah, I think that it, the um, the Trossard-Jesus-Habert's triangle, for want of a better phrase, is an interesting one now. I, I'm not going to... I don't really care who plays because we're winning and winning and winning. So, as I say every week, I trust the manager. But what I did, what, what what has been nice to see, nice to see the last couple of games, is Havertz. I wouldn't Havertz isn't playing centre forward, but he's playing much further up the field, right? And he's interchanging and swapping around a lot with Trossard. And I honestly think that the, the the defenders are going from standing up against six foot three, six foot four Havertz, and then two or three seconds later, they've had a swap round, and they've got a, a a little stick of dynamite like Trossard running at them. It's not allowing them to settle. I really think that's been an important part of our improvement, the way we have changed things around up front like that. And I didn't think I'd say it at the start of the season. I really didn't think I would say it at the start of the season. But I'm really liking what Havertz is doing. I want to mm. see him be a little bit more of a goal threat. But I watched him closely. Well, as closely as I could with about 15 points inside me. I watched him closely at, um, at Burnley. And, mm. and he had a very, very... Donna's watching. Uh, Donna Don, Don knew. Oh, I forgot Donna was watching. Um, yeah, Donna knew he had hit the third pint mark. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, Dale, um, after seven goal uh, games without scoring, Havertz gets a goal back. Sixty million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores. Thankfully, again, um, he has been a good addition to the squad. Um, I think. I think. Um, Arteta is finally figuring out how to play him, don't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think one thing that's clear is that Havertz has got the backing of both the players um, and the fans. And the manager clearly has faith in him as well. And um, the amount of people I hear, non-Arsenal fans, when they're talking around the office and in the pub and what have you, saying, uh, can't believe you spent 65 million on Havertz. So, do you actually watch the guy? Do you see what he brings to the team? Because arguably, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. He brings so much more to that team. And as we said last week, he frees others up. He allows others to play. If you've got someone like a Jesus constantly up front, for example, or, or in the box for a corner, 
you don't need to have your big men marking him because he's four foot nothing. Whereas when you've got a six foot four uh, Kai Havertz in the box, all of a sudden it makes defenders think again. And as Trev said, when you're rotating them around like that, all of a sudden they don't know what to do. You're confusing defenders. And there's a reason why from set pieces we're scoring goals. Mm, yeah. Um, Arsenal win five games in a row for the, uh, for the start of the calendar year for the first time, Dan, uh, in their history. Uh, 21 scored, two conceded, which you mentioned on. Many pundits talk about a lack of a number nine. And Trevor said earlier as well, oh, I don't know if we do need a number nine. Do we still need a number nine in the summer? Oh, we, all, we definitely need a number nine. 100%. But that's not because we need one to challenge or, I think, win the league this year. That's, I think we need one to improve and just keep getting better and better because we don't want to just compete for one season. We want to compete for three, four, five, six seasons in a row. And that's where you need the number nine to show a bit of a different dimension as Haaland has for Man City because, no doubt about it, whatever the result is this season, Liverpool's going to go out next season and spend more money and try and get better. Man City's going to go out and spend more money until trying to get better. And then you're going to have the other teams that's fourth, fifth and sixth that are going to try and close the gap. So you've always got to look for ways to improve. Um, I also think we just need someone that's got that X factor and that sort of standout quality that can change a game. That's the only thing I think we don't have in our squad at the minute is, is a game changer as such, like we have of previous years where we've been spoiled with the Omri's and the Burkamps. Yeah, um, I, I, to, to be honest, I was reading the facts and stats about Saka uh, recently, and I thought like um, there was a comparison to uh, Gareth Bale, and uh, I'll try and find the try and find the the. Um, I saw the, two uh, folk. Yeah, it, it, what one is that? He, he's he's, he's played less games no. than than Bale did in in the Premier League, and he's already had more goal in, involvements. Um, so it just shows like the level of of um, output he's showing. Um, and I think for him to come in as a young player in, in a side, when we look back, we weren't very good. And now he's taken us to the very top and he's still one of our very best players. Um, and yeah, he, he just keeps on improving. And and the way he's mixing up his finishing, we saw it last game um, against West Ham where he cut inside and then normally we see him shoot it to the far post. He, sh he shot near post. And then this time, he took an extra touch over to his right foot and finished on his weak foot. So he just keeps on improving. And I mean, this, the sky's the limit for the guy. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it's got to be really interesting. Uh, Trevor, um, we've got some key games coming up, but I, I suppose we've got two home games to, to consider that are tough games. We've got Chelsea coming to the Emirates uh, and we've got Newcastle on Saturday. And then the other, uh, of the 13 games, the other three games that stand out to me are City away, Spurs away, United away. Um, I mentioned before that there's a possibility of 94 points on on, on the table. Uh, Liverpool can have 96 and Man City can have 95. That's assuming um, they win all their games and obviously we're playing each other and so on. So it, it's unlikely that any, of, any team will reach that maximum uh, point scoring. Where do you... What are those games, those five games I mentioned, City, Spurs, Man United away, um, Newcastle and Chelsea at home? Which ones worry you the most? And where do you see... Go on, I'll just do that one first. To be honest, mate, listen, right? If I said, if I use the word worry about playing opposition, I'd be like going back four or five years when I worried about Chelsea, I worried about Tottenham, I worried about Man United, I worried about Newcastle, I, you know, worried about Man City. and. 
I don't anymore. I, I, I wouldn't use that phrase, I worry. I look and I think what's going to give us the biggest challenge. Because the way we're playing at the moment, teams are going to give us the biggest challenge. We've got the tools to beat any team if we play to our best, right? But what team is going to challenge us the most? Well, obviously, it's got to be Manchester City away at their ground, you know. But as we showed at our place, right, um, it was really interesting because we talked about it at the weekend. Or I don't know if I was talking about it with you, Ferg. Sky Sports, in their wisdom, was showing clips of Haaland brushing defenders off and, and making them look silly and, and going through and scoring goals. But the one clip they forgot to show, out of all the clips they did, was Man City playing at the Emirates when Haaland didn't get looking. Haaland mm -hmm. got absolutely pocketed by Saliba. Haaland wasn't ordinary that day. He, he didn't get a kick, you know? And, and if we can go up there, and, and if we can go up to Man City and keep Haaland to a couple of chances at goal, then I'm pretty sure that if we're playing at our best, we'll have more than a couple of chances at their goal. It really is that tight, I think. So... City, I think, would be the biggest challenge. Tottenham are always up for a game at home, but if we get on top of them early, they won't want to know. Newcastle, I used to have a soft spot for, but I haven't really now, and I think we should easily beat them at our place. Famous last words, I know. Chelsea, why should we be worried about Chelsea? Chelsea have got one decent player, and that's the young lad Palmer. He's, he's an absolute superstar. But I'm sure our defence can handle him. So, yeah, to, to sum it all up, as I said at the start, Ferg, I don't, I'm not worried about any games. It's a lovely position to be in as an Arsenal fan, isn't it? I can actually yeah, say, no, I'm not worried about any games. I know what our big challenges are going to be, but in the end, I know that if we play to our best, we'll beat them. It's a long time since we've felt this... And it's not, I'm not trying to be cocky, or but it, it's confident and, and having such belief. I, I, and it puzzles me a little bit because, as I mentioned and alluded to a few times, that, that the strength and depth in the squad... Uh, does make you worry uh, that we do need a few players to bolster us along the way. Dan, um, uh, the song Police were out um, and a new song, uh, a couple of new songs. Uh, one uh, was in the stands. I'm just really funny. Everywhere we go. <laughs> Stadium, oh, I love it. Imagine if we're singing that in Porto Wednesday night, boys. <laughs> oh. Wonderful. It will be. Dan, I tell you, there is one, there is one uh, that we will be singing because it's one that, you know what, I got in such trouble with the wife. On on Saturday night, I didn't go to the game and I was had serious FOMO all day. And on the WhatsApp groups, the guys are going, Yeah, we're in the we're in Eustace station, ah, we're off here, yeah, we we got the Bacardi out on the on, on, on the train, and I'm just seeing ping, 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 ping. And it, it was absolute torture and hell seeing all this going on and then listening to the lads. And because because of the three o'clock kickoff, you have to try and find a way to try and see the game or listen to it on the radio, on the wireless, the old-fashioned way. And I could hear all the boys singing, and then I'm, I'm singing along with on humming away stadiums again, and every song. And then I get um, uh, a WhatsApp through from the lads on the train on the way back. I just pity anybody who was trying to have a sleep in that carriage. But here we go. It's had about fifty thousand views. On, on TikTok. Uh, yeah, we are on TikTok now as well, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Here we go. Oh, 
I'm just going to rewind this back ever so slightly. I want to show you one person that stuck out. <laughs> bottle of wine. It's the guy drinking this bottle of wine, like as a bottle of Lucasade. That, yeah, and I think it was a tweet. There was a tweet. This guy is just necking the bottle of wine. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Dan, that that train carriage, uh, rather than going posh and Ubering at home, uh, you had to go like steerage because you didn't have a thousand pound in your pocket. Um, what, what did what did honestly what that was that was just about like the joint best bit up with the battering all day just the train home with the lads um we might have to start singing carriages are empty because that carriage emptied pretty quickly from everyone that didn't want to be there <laughs> including the uh the city fans that went straight through it and the chelsea fans as well they uh they came in heard the singing and they carried on walking so um <laughs> they, they got absolutely sent throughout that train but what I would say though, there was there was just one real real thing that stood out for me. Um, if I can just share my screen, please, uh, Fergus. Uh, yeah, yeah. We just uh, you need to, well, you need to join it. Uh, here we go. It's coming there up. You go. Right. I don't know. What, I hang on. I don't know what's coming up here. So <laughs> I don't. Tr- I? I don't. <laughs> I don't trust you for a second. You do know that's that. fine. You don't need to trust me. Come on, share it. And you have to, if it's text, which I can see there's some text on here, you need to read it out for the benefit of people. Oh, don't, I don't worry. It'll be read. Oh, and before we do that... Just oh, shut up and get on and move it. I love you. Trev's mentioned in the private chat that there's some questions that he's seen that we've got to talk about. We'll go on to those in a second. He starred them. We will go back to those in a few minutes. Trevor, you call when we should go back to them because I'm not looking at that area. So whenever you think we should go back to them, we will do. Let's do this. So... As we all know that that Fergus has a wonderful way with words. The song has only just aired. It was brand new. He'd not even sung it yet, and he'd still managed to get the words wrong. Oli, oli, oli. (laughs) What the hell is oli, oli, oli? And then the... Oli, oli, oli. It's in the wrong order. Over the place. Fergus, Fergus, Fergus. Mate, honestly. Brand new. You had I, the I, chance then to get it right, and it's not even aired, and you've still messed it up. You know what it was? Um, I was about three sheets of the wind. <laughs> was, was was the issue? I and, and, and a lot less than we did. <laughs> I, I I did, I did, but I Facetimed. What what the, for people who know is I Facetimed the guys on the train, and they're all way Ferg like this. So I'm standing in the front room. The wife doesn't like football at all. She doesn't like the noise. She doesn't like the poor uh, Jackie. Poor yeah. Jackie. And I'm standing in my lounge going, ole, 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 ole. and she went, I've gone in the other room. And she slept in the other room that night because she's like, I, I said, oh. I'm only on the phone to the lads. And she went, what you talking shit for? <laughs> you, should, you should have gone with the lads then. Uh, but it was all right. It's all, all, all smoothed over. Didn't want to. Well, um, the message to Jackie then, I'd just like to say you're very welcome because I'm sure you had the best night's sleep you've probably had for a long time away from Burgos. So <laughs> <you're very welcome. laughs> no, 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 no. I was clever. Uh, she was in the spare room. As soon as she fell asleep, I crept in. <laughs> too much info. Too much info, Fergus. Pretty there sure, we go. Pretty sure that's illegal, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in. Trevor said, Trevor said it's in. <laughs> uh, right. Del, um, we'll meet, be meeting you in the morning at Stansted Airport. A uh, uh, bit of breakfast, a couple of beers, and then flying out to Spain uh, to travel down to Porto. Um, this is your second European away, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. And uh, You've been a bit excited, haven't you? Is, 
Yeah, I mean, that picture of the in-betweeners in the car is all I can think about, the four of us going down from Vigo to uh, uh, <laughs> to Portugal. And uh, one thing that was said last week, actually, is uh, I think Trev mentioned oh, them, them sunglasses. Do you get them from McDonald's? He's still got them from all that time ago. They're Ray-Bans. <laughs> they are Ray-Bans. <laughs> they're Roy-Bans. They are Ray-Bans. <laughs> they're Roy-Bans. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, they're genuine Ray-Bans. <laughs> said last week, he has uh, North <laughs> London forever on. So I was trying to work out how far it is from, from the airport to Portugal and how many renditions of North London Forever we can get in there. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I can't wait. I'm like a kid. At, it's like Christmas Eve for me. There's there's quite a few of us. There's us four on the plane and then there's, uh, I know of at least seven more on that flight. So we got 12. Um, I don't know. It, it seems to be quite a busy flight and quite a few people going out there. Depending on how many Arsenal shirts are, I think for the trip out there, you've got to wear an Arsenal shirt so we can identify ourselves and then we can get a sing song going on the, on, on the plane i think don't you think trevor you looking forward to it now fergus listen always mate I, you know i'm lucky enough to have been to quite a few european away trips and the attraction of a european away trip never ever lessens you know you're just always up for it you're always buzzing you know you're going to be with your mates Sometimes the football actually comes a second, you know. You mm. make friends and you, you when you go to European away games, in particular, football in general, yes, I'll take that, but European away games, you make friends for life, mate. You have this bond, you know. It's like we said the other week that we've got this bond with Arsenal Football Club and we can't ever break it, you know. We're stuck, we're in, we're done, you know, we're, we're there. It's very similar to these people that, that, that I see on European away trips. I may not see them very often. I may, may see them on every European away trip and that's it. But you feel that you have a bond with them. You know, they're great trips. They're great trips. So let's hope that the players and the team can do us proud now. Last 16. We've not been in the last 16 for many a year. We're right in it, aren't we? Is it time now to have these starred questions here, Ferg? Oh, shall I put them around the lads? Yeah, let let, let let Dan go to you first with the first one. I've just got one very quick question. Um, maybe not to yourself, Alex, unfortunately, because I know you won't be there. Sorry, oh. mate. Not to make you feel bad. But um, question to the rest of the room. Hands up if you're having a beer in a car on the way. For... <laughs> Looks like you need a driver. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little bit worried, Doug. What's going on there? Uh, to be honest, the car company, uh, they want um, a hello to Highbury Squad. Good to see you in, in, in the chat and everyone in the chat as well. Um, the, the car company want uh, quite a lot of information before they hire the car. So to be honest, if they give us any aggro, me and Trevor already said, you know what, we'll just jump in a cab and get a cab down there between the four of us. It'll be it might be easier. So then if that is the case, I will be going to the shop and uh, I will be getting a beer before we get in the, ca in the cab. I'll be at the but airport first, I think. So uh, when you guys are coming through security, uh, you have to drop me a bell and uh, I'll have us all beers waiting apart from a glass of uh, Coca-Cola for you, Ferg, you'll be right. I'll, I'll have one before the, before we go and that'll be me. I'll be all right to drive when I'm out there. So that's... Well, that's I, I don't feel comfortable with Fergus having no, a beer. I don't feel comfortable with that. You know what you can do? You can all... You can all walk. You can all walk. No, I don't. I don't feel comfortable at all, lads. I feel like this is a major issue that we might have to bring up. Fergus, or nothing, Fergus. That's it. That's fine. Right. Start questions. Bradley Ballard is the first one. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Very swift. <laughs> they both, Ferg. They both basically ask the same question, don't they? In a different way, right? 
Bradley's asking, can we win the Champions League without a main striker? And Lee's saying, what trophy have we got a chance to win the most? The Premier League or the Champions League? So let's go round the room, Ferg. I've got my views, but it'll be interesting. Uh, what's easier to win? I believe the Champions League is easier to win because there's a cup of competition there's less games involved in it. Uh, but in the position we're in right now, they're both... Uh, they're both re not e none of them are easy, but they're both easily attainable. Um, and to answer Bradley's side of the question, can we win, win it without a striker? Well, we're demonstrating that right now. Uh, we've done it last season. We came close in the Premier League to winning the Premier League uh, with goals coming from all areas of the pitch early on in the campaign. And then we went off and, 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 and faded. This time we faded towards the beginning of the season and we've grown into the season and we look like we've matured. And I feel that, you know, there's goals coming from Odegaard. There's goals coming from from uh, Saka, Havertz, Martinelli, Trossard, Jesus. So there's all our forward line are scoring. So the answer, Bradley, is you owe me a pint when you see me down the pub because you're wrong. I think we're going to win something. Who's next, Dal? Uh, I think there's there's an argument for both, which is easier to win. I don't think any of them are easy to win. Um, the Premier League, you can probably afford a few more slip-ups, or not probably, you, you can afford a few more slip-ups because you know at some point someone else is going to go for a bad patch. Whereas the Champions League, you are literally one slip-up and you're out as such over two legs. Um, although I do believe the Champions League, the competition isn't, isn't as good as what it is in the Premier League. I think if you were to pick... The top three or four sides in the, in the Premier in, in Premier League and say right these are in a knockout competition over over two legs I think anybody could probably win it um, it's just who's better on the day can we win him yeah why not why not if you'd have asked me the same question five weeks ago I'd have wouldn't have been as confident as what I am now because as Fergus just said there we're demonstrating it now I know six of these goals uh, have been against uh, obviously a poor West Ham side and five against the poor Burnley side. But let's not forget, we put three past a very, very, very good Liverpool side. Yes, they give us one of them goals with an error, but we give them one as well. So take both those goals out. We still beat Liverpool 2-0. So, yeah, without a doubt, we can. Dan? Alex? Oh, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't agree with the number nine question. And we have a number nine. We have a number nine in Gabriel Jesus, and he's hugely underrated and not respected enough in the fan base because of his lack of goals. There's no doubt he needs to improve his, his goal-scoring record, but he's a fantastic number nine. And in big, big games, he's a big, big part of the reason that we press the way we do. And in games such as the Champions League against big sides that are going to come, hopefully, he will be pivotal to us being able to win that competition. And I do think we can win that competition. Not only do I think we can, I do actually think we will. And I just feel like something's written in the stars for us this year in the Champions League. I think we're best placed against bigger sides at the minute when they come out and they don't sit in. And the Champions League is still a bit of a, an unknown for some teams against us. That they, they, They'll see that we've, we've improved. But there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a thought still of the old Arsenal as such the last five years rather than the last year or two. And I do feel that some of the big teams might even still underestimate us a little bit. Um, the Premier League is is going to be very difficult. But again, I think we can we can win it. Um, worse teams have won the Champions League than have won the Premier League. I would probably say there's, you know, you look at the the number of underdogs that have won the Premier League over the last, well, since, since it was formed. 
Leicester's the standout one. Other than that, the best team on paper also normally ends up winning the league or there or thereabouts. The Champions League, that isn't always the case. Mm. Dan, can I ask a question there to follow on? There's one thing you said, which I don't necessarily agree with there. You said about uh, Jesus is underrated. I don't think he is. I think Arsenal fans do appreciate him. I really do. But I think there's two things we can't ignore. One is lack of goals, which we all know about. But two, what's getting more concerning for me is his injury record. He's got a very, very poor injury record of, of late, the last 18 months or so. And if that continues, now I'm not saying it's going to, but if that continues, those two factors combined alone says that he's not underrated, but it is something we need to consider. I, I do. I, I, don't move on from the... Answer it quick, Dan, then let's go yeah. to Alex, because it's an important question that needs answering for by Alex. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be very quick. I um, I do agree with what you're saying about his injury record. And the, the question wasn't, do we need another number nine? It's, can we win it without a number nine? And the answer to that is, we already have a number nine and he's very, very good at what he does. So there's always room to improve. We can go through the whole squad, but we have a fantastic number nine that, that, that we can win it with. Alex? Yeah, uh, going back to the, the Champions League and the Premier League, I think... Realistically, we've we've got a chance at both this year. Um, I think over two games we've shown this season that we can beat any team in the world. Manchester City is probably the best team in the world, and we've shown we can beat them at least at home. Um, and I reckon we could get a result away from home as well. So it's probably them and Real Madrid um, that are two of the best teams. Bayern they're not doing particularly well. PSG I don't see them as a as a threat obviously Mbappe is a good player but as a team I still think we 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 can beat PSG um but yeah in in regards to the striker talk I think one of the main reasons as to why I'd like us to get a new number 9 is throughout most of our team we've got like a hierarchy so we know who's the main guy in in midfield it's it's Odegaard and Rice and in defense it's Saliba and on the wings of Martinelli and Saka, but in the number nine position, I think we need like a main guy, a, a go-to guy. And that's in regards to the availability of Jesus as well. He's missed over 30% of the games since he's joined the club. And I agree with Dale, we, we can't have that sort of availability when he's our main guy as number nine. And that's why I think it's going to be really important we, we go and get a, a number nine who's going to be available and has a better injury record um, for the next season. So if we do buy a number nine, and then what do we do with Jesus? Do we push him out to the wing to cover for, for Saka? I think that's one of the main reasons as to why we can keep Jesus, because we can still give him game time. Um, he can play multiple positions in, in the attack. So hopefully we can keep him satisfied, because when he's not injured and when he plays his very best He's such a good player and he's got that X factor. He he can be a game changer. Um, so hopefully we can keep him um, and hopefully he stays fit for, for the next season. Well, Craig, what's your yeah, view? Yeah, well, look, 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 look. This has gone off on a on a big tangent. No, 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 no. We've got no, back we to the main questions. What, what, what are your yeah. views? Well, we, we, I can't leave it without just saying about the centre forward thing, right? You're talking, you're making sense what you're saying there, boys. But what you got to remember is, We've not got a centre forward for the rest of this season, right? So we can talk all we want. That won't change. We've got what we've got, right? Okay. And we, what we've got is scoring goals. I'd love to see us bring a centre forward in during during the summer now, but that's gone from my head. 
I want to, I'm more worried about what happens between now and the start of June. Okay. And to answer the questions, you know, a couple of people in the chat, Hente and Guna Russ, whose, whose opinions I respect, have said, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be talking about it. We should be talking about one game at a time. And I get that. I get that. Yeah. But we are at the stage of the season now. We're, we're, we're at the back end of February. We're coming to the stage of the season where trophies are soon to be decided. And we, if, if we didn't talk about it, people would be saying, what kind of podcast is Guns and Yellow Ribbons? We're you, know, in the- you know what, Trev? You're very true because there were. I was listening in the car to talk sport and they were going through all the different leagues around Europe and saying the Italian league is sorted, the French league is more or less sorted, German league is at 50-50, but more or less there with Leverkusen and, and Munich uh, battling, battling it out. Munich fallen by about seven points, I think it is. But you're very, very right that leagues are sorted out uh, at this time of the year. Yeah, we're just lucky we've got the best league in the world and ours isn't. But can we win the league? Of course we can. Can we win the Champions League? Absolutely we can. And you guys all know me. I'm like selfish in my in my views. And I'm desperate to see the Arsenal Football Club win the Champions League. And I think probably this year and the next two, two or three years is our best chance we're going to have in a long time. Because this squad isn't... We've not got a squad... That's at the top of their formula. We've got still got a young squad that's improving every week, and I can and I can back my saying up without look at Kivior again against Burnley. Kivior again against Burnley was sublime. We've got players improving all over the park, so we're going to get better. But absolutely, we can win the Champions League this year. I'm de- personally, I'm desperate to win it. I'd give up the league to win the Champions League. I would personally, and we've got every chance. As I said, I'll go right back to the start before I shut up. We've got every chance. Because we know we're good enough. The only mm. people that can stop us winning a trophy this year is by us playing badly. Because when we're really good, nobody can beat us. I'm sure of it. So we got Porto um, at the week uh, midweek, uh, Alex. Um, Highbury squad said Zinchenko's got to earn his place back in the squad. So looking at squads, who and where David Rea... He's nailed on. Sorry, I, you know, he's nailed he on is, as yeah. I, I, as much as I love Ramsdale and everything else. That the debate's over, done with, and we've got a great keeper in, in Aaron Ramsdale. But I can see there was the, the clip we done in the preview show as well at the week uh, at the end of the week. Uh, Reyes' position is is secured. Gabriel and Saliba, you would also go and Ben White. Who are you putting in that left back position then? I'm staying staying with Kivio. I think he's. Yeah. Earned, earned his place for for the next game, and I think that goes for the for the whole starting eleven. I seriously wouldn't change any of them for for the Porto game, um, especially when when those players who are going to replace them are coming back from injuries. Um, I think I'd go with the same starting eleven as as the one against West Ham and Burnley. I think Trossard has been immense. Um, his finishing has been good. His touches, everything um, in the in the last third of of the opposition uh, pitch. So I think Havertz, he's very important. Martinelli, Saka, of course they play. Um, and yeah, it's it's a massive game. And we have to remember for a lot of uh, these players, it's their first um, Champions League knockout game. Mm. Um, Havertz, of course, is, he's decided a final. So he's played before. Um, but other than that, I don't know if there's any... Um, it's, 
And that's the same uh, as Trev just said. It's still a young squad and, and this is going to be their first run in a, in a Champions League knockout competition. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting how, how they're going to handle it. I think Porto, we should win, but it's going to be interesting when we go up against those bigger European teams to see how our young, brilliant squad handles it. It's it's going to be really interesting, Dan. Um, there's people in the chat saying Raya hasn't had much to do, but he has. He's had lots to do because he's playing the game that we discussed on Friday. He's playing as that outfield player as well as a keeper as well. Um, another player who I thought played well in Europe. I don't particularly like in the league, uh, but plays well in Europe is Vieira. Would you would you give give Vieira a run out? Are you are you sticking with the same start eleven and bring him on the bench if he's available? Vieira is a completely different. Um kettle of fish one I don't even think he's fit enough to be in the squad yet and probably okay. won't be for a while but um he had some good cameos but he's done nowhere near the, the same as other players in that position but um I can't move him firstly from the Raya one I think a lot of people have gone quiet on this subject now because of how Raya um has performed and you can say he's not had a lot to do um in terms of saves but his distribution has been fantastic and the way he's linked with the team has been fantastic and I think the the criticism was very loud so I think the praise needs to be just as loud um, for a guy that is a top top keeper and is our number one, um, I think the Zinchenko question is a is an interesting one because I don't think you can be swayed by just a couple of results. I think you still have to look over the course of of, of a whole season in terms of ability, in terms of each game. It's never going to be nailed on who starts at the left back slot, whether it's Timber, whether it's Kivior, or whether it's Zinchenko. Um, Kivior's done well, but I still think he looks like a centre half playing left back at times, whereas Zinchenko, I think, is is more accustomed to that position. But it depends who you play. If you're playing a game at home where we need to open teams up, Zinchenko's nailed on and he comes back into that team because he's a winner and he's a proven player in that position. When you go into a tough place away from home where you've got to maybe close up shop a little bit and you might have someone else that's a bit more tricky to play on the wing, then Kivior might start and, and probably deservedly so in his last few games. But that is the same for most of the squad now. I think there are not many players in our squad that are nailed on to start. I think David Raya is one. The two centre-halves are, are, are another two. You could probably argue Ben White as well in that. Other than that, you've got Saka, you've got Declan Rice. Five out of the 11. The other six, they can change. They can change based on who we play and where how we need to set up because we've now got players that can come in in different positions and change. One game, it might be Jorginho who comes in and plays. One game, it might be Havertz up top. One game, it might be Trossard out wide, Trossard up top. It might be Kivio at left back. It might be Zichenko. We've got players that can come in now, not just to rest players, but to rotate, to show our strengths or to make, maybe negate other teams' weaknesses and their strengths. Do you know what, yeah. right? I, 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 taking five seconds, I still don't agree that Raya took stick. I, I don't think it was anyone having a go at Raya. It was just showing support for... Ramsdale, and as we touched on last week, Raya has now shown us. Raya, has, we said it last week, didn't we? Raya has grown in confidence and grown into that number one position. And there's no arguing now that he's, he's a fine goalkeeper, playing well. His confidence is up there. I love the way he celebrates a goal. Now, he wasn't doing that before. His head was down, a bit shy. Right. Not now. You know, his chest's out, his head's up, Raya, and that's lovely to see. But you can make a comparison with that. To Kivior, in my view, over the last two or three weeks, I think Kivior has, has 
is now sticking his chest out and holding his head up. And he even went inverted a couple of times a little bit, you know, against Burnley. Not not, not in Zinchenko fashion, of course not. But he, he was move, his movement off the ball was quicker and his reading of the game for that throw-in for the goal was superlative. So, all in all, to sum up what we talked about, Ferg, I know you want to move it on. This conversation we're having, it's all good, isn't it? What a great position yeah. we're in. What an amazing yeah, no, position we're in. Now, um, what are you, uh, well, I'm predicting that we won't see very much of the game. Or we won't remember very much of the game. But what is your what is your prediction? Um, where we've got a nice restaurant booked uh, for the afternoon to try and be sensible and try and line our stomachs. And then we're, we're, we're out. Um, what's your predictions for this game scoreline wise, not your liver and your compassmentousness? Take yourself off mute, mate. Carl, you're doing a Trev. Oh, uh, it's funny you say about that because uh, I don't really remember much about the uh, Eindhoven game, truth be told. Um, <laughs> so my promise to myself is that I am going to watch this one through and I am going to know who scored the goal at halftime. Um, but at the same time, I've got to be up early doors on the uh, Thursday morning. Um, so score-wise, I do expect to win. Um, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as easy as the last few games have been. Um, but I do think... Um, they, they're going to pose a threat. I'm going to go for a repeat of the Liverpool scoreline, and I think we'll go 3-1. OK. Trevor, your prediction on the game? Oh, as Dale said, it's a hard one, Fergus. This, this is Europe. This is a different style of football. I think that our defence is going to keep a clean sheet, but I think if we win, it'll only be one goal. I think it'll be 1-0 to the Arsenal. I'm going 2-0. Um, Alex, do you want to go with your prediction? Yeah, um, a little bit more optimistic for me. Um, I think Porto, they, they're they struggling a bit in the league. They're, they're falling behind Benfica and, and Sporting. So I think they're close to being on the same level as um, Sporting or Lisbon when we played them last season. But I think they're a bit worse, actually. Um, and I think we can go there and, and hopefully... Uh, close the tie in the first game, hopefully. Um, and I think we could do that with a 3-0 win um, on Wednesday. Wow. I hope you're right, mate. Yeah, that would be lovely. Well, Brad said that we had to be on the telly three times. So that would work, wouldn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep to our commitment. One for every goal. <laughs> Dan, uh, what are you going with? I'm going for 2-1 tomorrow. Um, I agree with a lot of what Alex said. Uh, not tomorrow, bloody hell. Um, Two one tomorrow. Just, that's on. I think it's Chelsea playing somebody else or something like that. Yeah, I was talking about Brentford and Man City. Is that not what we're covering? Yeah, Sorry, that's, that's, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on on Wednesday, um, I agree with a lot of what Alex said about Porto and have slightly fell behind. If you look at Lisbon and Benfica, but they're still a very good side at home. I think. How would it be on the other the other foot if we had the first leg at home? We'd be trying to make it count. I think the atmosphere will be difficult um, abroad. They'll be up for it, and this is this is their chance. And I do think they'll probably score, but then I think we're a better side, and we'll score too. I think they'll give us space, and we've seen in Europe when when we're given the space, how how well we do. So I think hopefully we can score a couple of goals. Mm. And then uh, the weekend we uh, kick off later. We're eight pm on um, Saturday against Newcastle. Vital to keep on winning uh, for that one. We'll probably try and squeeze in another preview show uh, this week. Um, but it's just going to be difficult with travel and everything else and families and so on. But we'll, we'll probably try and cover that one maybe 
Thursday when we're all hanging out of our proverbials. Um, it's, it's in, it's in. Um, <laughs> he's done it again. Oh, he's done it again. He's done it again. <laughs> um, he's done it again. <laughs> Season tickets. Um, it, uh, an email has come out to everybody uh, on um, uh, who have got any membership and season ticket holders. Uh, season ticket prices are to increase by 6% for lower and 4% for upper. We are going to get an additional, because a new format and then the additional games in the Champions League, we are going to get an additional cup game, European Cup game. Um, there also is a change. The family enclosure is going to close. So there won't be any more family enclosure, but the discount for um, uh, junior gunners will trans, uh, transfer to a 50% discount around the whole stadium for 2,000 tickets for kids to get in. So they'll get half price. Trevor, I know you were uh, looking forward to having a cheaper season ticket coming up soon, but they've just bumped it by a year. It's 66 plus now for the OAP one. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? I just... I'm a bit sad that they've felt that you put it up, put it up again, Ferg. That'll be a four percent, a six percent, and a six percent one in three years. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just feel that they. I don't know. I, I can't be angry because I can never be angry with Arsenal, but I think there must be someone within the club that's not realising how important fans can be. And if in a few years' time we go on a bit of a downward spiral, which happens because football is a game of ups and downs. Then don't be. Then they're going to come to us and uh, expect us to fill the ground every week, you know. So I, I'm a bit sad. They don't. I don't think they need the little bit of money it generates. I don't know. I don't, I don't quite get it. The, the email sent out to us says it, they value our our, our support. Was well, a strange way of showing it. It's been a hard, hard year for people, and it wouldn't have hurt for them to freeze them or just keep it a bit lower to rise, you know. Because they, they can get by without it, I think, and that's only my opinion. No, I, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. Like you know, you got sixty thousand people in the stadium, which was fantastic on on Sunday for the women's game, uh, a record high. But they've done a fifty-five thousand, a forty thousand, a sixty thousand. They're all additional revenue games. People spending yeah. on hot dogs and sausages and 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 cokes and beers and everything else. Um, with the TV money that they get as well. Dale, I I just feel it's a bit it's a bit uncomfortable. They could actually give us our season tickets for free in theory. You pay for them, and then you could get money back as as you attend, uh, as like a off the next season, whatever. It it just seems it it wouldn't be tolerated in Germany, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think there's one thing as well. What uh, it's not getting a lot of focus on the minute with what's going on when they've now uh, upped the minimum games as well to twenty. Um, out of 23, I think it is, um, yep. which isn't a problem for those that go to the games. But when you look at the last 12 months in particular, there's been a lot of train strikes, tube strikes, et cetera, et cetera, meaning people can't always get there. And these strikes, the rail companies have already said, we're going to keep pushing this, going to keep pushing this. If this goes on for another year, 18 months, whatever it may be, whatever they're threatening to do, you're penalising people for not being able to get there. Uh, but it, it, it's not just if you don't attend. You have to make your, your seat available to an Arsenal fan. No, I so get that. But people want to attend, exchange. right? But it's going in ticket exchange. And, and, and on those particular games you're talking about, the early kickoffs and the ones with, uh, with train strikes, you can see where we complained about the atmosphere against in the Palace game and some of the other games where there's train strikes. It's when people, season tickets, 
season ticket holders either chose not to go for whatever reason or couldn't go because of transportation reasons or because it was an early kickoff, etc. And then they go on ticket exchange to get picked up by the robots. And we've had this conversation about that. Yeah, so no, if, if, if this keeps are, going on, then, if, they, if they keep putting these prices up and the problems get, and the problems people get into the ground, for what, there's various different factors, right? At some mm. point, people are going to go, it ain't worth it anymore. They want to go and see them, yeah. but financially, um, say again, I think that's half the half the point of what they're trying to do. They're trying. You just have to look up in the in the uh, the clock end. There's a, a, a big block of Thomas Cook tickets, as I call them. They're owned by uh, travel companies and everything else. And half the game, especially when we were doing bad uh, uh, with Unai Emery and the end of Wenger, there's big blocks of empty seats. There's season ticket holders. And there's a, a list of 90,000 or 100,000 people who want to have a season ticket. Well, if you can't be asked to either get us, get there yourself or put somebody else into it, then... Oh, yeah, and, and that I 100% agree with. But, I mean, I think when you look at the overall, take football out of this as well, you can look at just the, the rising cost of living in general. I mean, people's mortgages, like, they're, they're going through the roof at the moment. I mean, I'm one of those guys. My mortgage is about to go up by £600, right? And then if my season ticket's going to go up for last a month, by the way, and if my um, season ticket's also going up, I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones who can go, you know what, I can afford this. But there's a lot of people out there who are living at the minute who put everything they've got into the Arsenal. And with the rising cost of living, uh, 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 if they're priced out of it, they're, they're proper fans. They're people who want to go, but can't go. So you're, you're, looking, you're, you're looking at the wrong, the wrong target market, lads. That's not who they're targeting. Yeah. That's not who this corporate machine wants to target. It's people that have elastic demand that don't care about those price rises. They're targeting people exactly. that come and spend in the, in the stadium. They don't care about the average match going fan. They're a business. Is anyone surprised that they put prices up by 4 and 6%? Is anyone surprised that this is at the same time that they've just had a media spin on we need to be in the conversation for Mbappe? It happens every single year around renewals time. Let's get people renewing. Let's put prices up. It's the same thing. So let's Let's, just do what we do is focus on the football and focus on our team and keep the positive train going. It's it's a really interesting point Dan makes, Fergie. Our good friend Lyle, you know, Mm-hmm. We all love the lads. He made a lovely comment this week and he, he, he quoted North London Forever and he said, uh, the manor might be changing, but the people never will. And by the manor, we we can think about the Emirates ground itself, the actual ground itself. right? And we're trying not to change. We've got it in our blood. It's our lives. But the people that run certain areas, this is only my view, by the way, you know, this is what we're here to say. Don't see it like that. They don't see us as their valued customer, right? Because they could do without us. They could do without me or Dan or Dale or or or, or Ferg or uh, Alex. I know you don't have a season ticket, son, but they could do without us because if we don't go, they've got 100,000 people waiting to take our place, mate. They don't care about – we are not valued as a customer. The customers they value are the ones that are going to come. We've seen them all this, all this year. They're going to come and spend – a thousand pound in 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 the armory in one visit, and trust me, right? I've seen it. A lot of people spend that amount of money. They, they come to the ground once or twice, and they spend thousands, thousands. That's the people Arsenal want because it's money oriented. It's a money game, and you know that is why I can't understand why they feel the need to do me for six percent next season because I'm not important to them. Maybe they're putting up 6% because they think, well, if 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 Ilzy goes, there's one of 100 fans are going to jump straight in and take his place. And, and, you know, that, that's exactly the point. And I think that's what um, 
Dale was trying to make the point that the person that's who's not going to be able to renew is the guy whose mortgage has gone up by an extra hundred pounds, his electricity has gone up by an extra hundred pounds, and it, it's just going to chip and chip away that he's not going to be able to afford. Because we know to go to a game of football doesn't cost you hundred pound a month for your season ticket, roughly uh, broken down. It costs you another. Well, it depends on, on what game you go to. Burnley, how much did Burnley cost you? £100 on a train, 50 quid in beer and food, uh, uh, um, Dan? A bit, bit more than that. It's, uh, there we it go. Might, it might have been your rum on rum pound on a point up there, isn't it? Well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, he, he fell off the wagon, didn't he? he? He hadn't had a drink in seven weeks. Not that he's got a problem, but he just was on a health kick. Um, and, and, fuck, and, fuck, 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 listen. <laughs> He fell off massive. That boy was I guzzling. I didn't, I didn't fall. I took it down. That boy was guzzling. Two-handed. I, I, I heard the bang down here. It's a five-hour drive, and it was like it was like it was like the the, the cor- uh, Concord had just flown over there. There was a sonic boom as he fell off the wagon. Ferguson, <laughs> oh, right? It, it was it was a dive off the uh, top spring ball, mate. It wasn't a fall. It was a dive straight into it. <laughs> hot, hot cider and a few rums. Well, you know what, just as well you did that, because if you didn't do that and then we got Porto, you would have just fallen over after one night in Porto. Because I spoke to you... Still might. I I spoke to you Sunday, and uh, yeah, you sounded... um, I've not heard you that rough. Been a long time. Delicate. Delicately placed, I was. Delicate, yeah. (laughs) Boys, I I, I can't wait. I can't wait. The last time um, we were all in a car, well, uh, there was two of us on here in a car, Traveling cross borders for Europe, we've done a bit of this. From the That was that was us driving from Milan to uh, St. Gellin, wasn't it, for the the, the FC Zurich game uh, last season? Um, Trev, uh, we're probably going to get picked up by Sony again. And I'll get a copyright ban uh, yet again. So if you are trying to watch us on YouTube afterwards, should have watched live, um, and yeah, then you would have seen it. But well, Trev, I just it, hope that I just hope that the um, the driving is of the same standard on our trip tomorrow. But I'm not confident. But no, I'm, 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 I'm not worried about My knuckles were so white. There's one thing I can't get out of my head, right? And we spoke about it passionately on this 
podcast on many occasions, right? When you go up to, uh, the first time you go to a club and you see that patch of green, right? And and if, without knowing it and without helping it, you fall in love and that's it. You're stuck with your team. If the Arsenal aren't careful, there's going to be less and less people doing that and falling in love because parents are taking their kids now to watch Leighton Orient or South End United, you know, because the, the tickets are accessible. They can get in prices. They're not bringing out brand new kits every week, which I know it's, it's a money world we live in. But they need to be very, very careful because, as Russ says here, five or six years ago, we were going to games with 30,000 empty seats in that stadium, right? And it can go, it can go pear-shaped really, really quickly without fans back in the club. At the moment, it would appear that the fans don't matter that much to, to the club. That's my thoughts, right? But the club needs to remember... And the one or two people that are changing it around need to remember that swings and roundabouts. If you'll need, if you one day you'll need us again, and we'll be there because we love you, but don't make it so hard. And Trev, I think we have to remember as fans as well, we have a voice as well, and we have power as fans. And I think when you see what's going on in Germany. Of course, they're much better organised over there, but I think we have to remember that we've got power as, as fans as well and and we might have to use it someday. I hope not, but we've got power as fans as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not come to that yet, Alex, mate, I know, but it is, it's so demoralising. So demoralising. Yeah, watch. I agree. You know, I've, yeah. I know a lot of lads that, lads that can't take their kids to the football. Priced out of Premier League. Priced miles out of Premier League. It's not just Arsenal. Priced out of Premier League completely. As long um, as we can sit there next year in the North Bank singing, we know what we are. We know what we are. Champions of Europe. We know what we are. Every oh. worth every penny, boys. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what, this this is what we will be singing uh, tomorrow night in the squares of Porto and on Wednesday night. Hopefully, Fergus will be singing this too, and not his own random Oli Oli version. Uh, I'll, 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 do, I'll, I'll, I'll do my odd word, don't worry. Oli Oli. Can we just touch on that comment there from Hybrid Squad as well? Just want to say yeah. that that's a massive point, you know, because uh, I don't know if you saw it. They they tried to recreate going under the bridge. Um, uh, the singing the songs, obviously they've got their own uh, version of um, Super Mick Arteta. And if I'm, I think I'm right in saying, didn't they set a WSL record? Um, yes, yeah, they did. Sold out the Emirates Stadium. Uh, fantastic achievement. Love that. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, and and it's more affordable. My my brother brings his uh, uh, my two nieces uh, to the, the the women's football. Uh, it's also for younger children, it's probably a nicer environment to a certain degree. There's less pissed people and stuff like that, you know, and it, it's just really good that it, it is taken off and it's a good intro to football for, for children before they get into 
uh, more games. And I can see on your face already, Dan, I'm not going to even give you the opportunity to come back on that because you can got that smirk on your face. You know, it's good. Listen, we've overran. Uh, we've got drinking to do and uh, packing to do. Can I go unpack yet, Berg? What? Can I go unpack yet? We've got a trip to get on. Yeah, we yeah we've got a trip to get on. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you have been watching Guns and the Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. You can see by us on here, we are just genuine Arsenal fans. Um, we have reached over a thousand subscribers, eleven hundred and forty-one, I think it is uh, subscribers. We thank every one of you for subscribers. And anybody else who's watching, a lot of new faces in the chat today. We would ask if you just click on the subscribe and the like button. Um, we're we're just going to grow this small, small niche little podcast. It's a genuine, genuine podcast that has got um, just genuine sentiment as well. Um, up the Arsenal. Up the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.